I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. Time, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine good morning to you, Andy. Morning, morning, morning. Well, that's a new thing, is it? I, morning, I, morning, morning, morning. That's very charming. I just started it. I feel like uh, we're on a farm. A I feel bit. like it's gonna. I feel like there's gonna be a trend of that now. In ten <laughs> years, everybody will be saying that in the morning, <laughs> and people go, God, "I wonder how that started." And they, they, they won't even remember because you <laughs> you will have long since become food for worms in obscurity. But they'll still be saying "morning, morning, morning." In ten years, I hope I'm not food for oh. worms. <laughs> wow, oh, man! I, I'm sorry, what, man. What a I'm really dark sorry. vision. <laughs> no, I miss. <laughs> I miss the date. You're right. No, you're still. <laughs> That's that's my bad. Really, <laughs> seriously, my bad. Uh, and good morning to you. <laughs> good morning to you. Your days are numbered. <laughs> that's right. 
Oh, oh man. Wow. It's uh, Labor Day weekend. It is. What do you have going yeah. on? Are you? Uh, I guess that's a, in the, the states thing, right? Yeah. 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 Because we don't. We're not very good at taking time off uh, here in the states, so we have to be told to by national holiday. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you must take this oh. day off. And, oh, to have European type holidays. Oh dear. I think I'd fit in really well. Over oh, there. me too. <laughs> me too. It's time for your annual three-week break. <laughs> oh, okay. Already? Well, I'll take it. Whatever. <laughs> uh, what are you What are you doing this weekend? Anything big? Uh, not really. Um, my daughter's off at camp, uh, so she's having fun. We're just going to try to do some fun stuff with our son, and uh, and then. I don't know. Once Monday rolls around and everybody's back together, we haven't really worked out a plan. I mean, we're we're hoping to do something fun, but nothing is planned yet. So we're procrastination planners. Oh yeah, last minute holiday planning. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. We, uh, my wife and daughter, went camping for the weekend. So it's me and my son. He is still sleeping as we record this, uh, but that usually means we pretty much watch movies straight through all weekend long but we we just watch some you know whatever's new on netflix and yeah and so we see kind of what's going on at last night um he did not want to watch what i want to watch thank god uh <laughs> I, f- I finally watched uh what happened to monday hey there you go because you know i'd seen like the first 20 minutes and it it's not so bad there's the whole finger thing but that that's not so bad um and so i thought well maybe i mean maybe he'd like to watch it with me but he didn't want to watch it with me so he got <laughs> He got it. This is absurd. It's going to make me sound like a terrible father. He got out the the tablet and headphones and started watching something he wanted to watch on the couch next to me. So we had two movies going at the same time. <laughs> and then here I am watching what happened to Monday on the big bigger screen, and it gets into uh, uh, f- some fairly racy stuff. Yeah, with old Numi, fairly racy yep. stuff. Yeah, and he's got his eyes glued to that tablet and his headphones on. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it because I didn't want him to look up. You know what I mean? Right, Like, it's that place. You just, you don't want him to look up. If you move at all, he'll look up and see what's on screen. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, your breathing's getting faster. (laughs) Sweat's beating on your forehead. Very, very still. Like, oh, goodness, there's a tarantula on my back. Yes, very still. And uh, I, I have to say, successfully, good parenting moment, uh, the moment passed. He never saw it. <laughs> and we got through the entire rest of the movie, and he didn't uh, He didn't peek once. <laughs> and I have to tell you, Andy, that was an exceptionally fun ride. Yeah, it really was a, a really interesting story. I loved the concept. I loved the world that they created. I was blown away by just the uh, the... Uh, digital replacements to create all the numies. I mean, it really was just mind-boggling sometimes because I was like, "This is too, uh, too perfect." I mean, it really just really tripped me out. I I know that there that I was I was letterboxed hungover uh, last night after <laughs> just watching it, and I'm I'm sure there are things that on on a next viewing I will I will find wrong with it. But this was a hard five star with a heart for me because I had such a good time. The only thing I was disappointed in. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I suppose there's a spoiler horn. I, the the whole concept, um, the whole I, I won't say what it was because it's pretty new. Uh, but the whole concept, you know, you're feeling that when you, what was that movie where you wrote the you wrote a, a script for it long ago or something, and then they made the movie and you got so mad you couldn't talk about it. Oh, um, two minutes when they made. Um 
Source code. Source code. Right, right, right. Okay. So uh, this was my feeling here. I wrote a short story um, in college that uh, I'm podcasting outside. That's that's my dog. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Anyhow. He just realized. Um, yeah, yeah. You're not in here with hey. me. Well, it'll pass. Uh, anyhow, I wrote a, a short story in college where the it, it took place in a prison, and in, in instead of sending prisoners to the hold, they they there was this you know because science, they turned them into fuel for spaceships, mm. and so the prisoners would just disappear, and they would go off, and and suddenly they would come you know they wouldn't be around anymore. And they would never come back, but they never you told, you know, you never told anybody. It was a big political thing. Hang on. Hey. Hey. Rodent. It's just a rodent. Stop. Are squirrels rodents? Yes. Goodness. You are such a good dog for podcasting. Why do you have to be such a crazy person? Okay. Anyway, so they never told it. It was a political thing, and it was it was uh, it was my favorite thing that I wrote in college. It was a really fun story, and this let's just say has it has hints of of my story to it. It bugged me a little bit. Mm. They make it mm. worse in this movie. They make it worse. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> awful. It's awful. But it was a really great concept. I love seeing Numi in it. I didn't. I didn't love it quite as much as you did, but I really loved just the sci-fi concept of it, and I had a great time with the film. Totally, totally, totally worth seeing. Yeah, and I, I actually really liked. Um, I don't think this is really too spoilery, but I, I thought Glenn Close's uh, character's speech at the end of the film, like I just, I, I really liked that. I'm like, that was a really way, uh, a nice way for that elements to wrap up i don't know I there, really totally like agree with you and you know what there were a couple of uh, of moments right at the end one after another that were really nice surprises they took the story in they pivoted the story in ways that i didn't see coming yeah. and that happens really rarely anymore um and and so i really appreciate it when it does happen i, I thought it was i thought it was great cool a lot of fun awesome um, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about the numbers, shall we? Uh, our friends at Comcore, Comscore sent us the historicals, Labor Day historicals. Um, uh, what, what do you have to talk about? Well, it's, it's interesting looking at the last 10 years of Labor Day weekends, uh, looking at the, the, the four day Labor Day weekend total Friday through Monday, um, from 2007 to 2016, the, the peak weekend that happened was in 2013, and that was with Lee Daniels, the butler, um, <laughs> opening. That was the top movie over the weekend, making $20.2 million over the yeah. four-day haul. But that was like the best of uh, the best. It, it even beat the uh, weekend when Guardians of the Galaxy uh, was playing in 2014. Granted, that had uh, it hadn't opened that weekend, but still, it, was, uh, it still took the weekend. Um, that was... Uh, you know, $20 million less that that, uh, that weekend ended up making. Um, well, and, and so wait a minute. So I want to make sure I understand it because Guardians of the Galaxy actually individually took in more than Lee Daniels the Butler, right? But, but the overall, weekend, right? Correct. The lost weekend, yeah, and significantly, other, yeah. Other other movies uh, over the last ten years had made more than Lee Daniels the Butler did on that weekend. But the weekend itself, that was the the best weekend, and Lee Daniels the Butler happened yeah. to be the leading the charge that weekend. Now this weekend. Um, it's it's really interesting. Um, I don't know what's going on in the industry, but 
Uh, apparently, according to uh, Box Office Mojo, it's been 25 years since Labor Day weekend has not had a new film debut in over a thousand theaters. So um, the big, quote, new release this weekend is actually the re-release of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, opening in 901 locations. Um, Tulip Fever opened, but that's a limited release at you know like 765 screens. And then uh, I think there's the Spanish language film Oslo con Hombre or Como Hombre, which uh, opened in a few theaters. But otherwise, people are saying, oh, it's going to be another weekend for the Hitman's Bodyguard. Wow. Over on the numbers, they had a, this little thing I just thought I'd read. I think it's pretty interesting and telling. There are many ways of measuring how slow things are in movie theaters this weekend. The fact that there are no new wide releases, for example, or that we're quite likely going to see the worst overhaul weekend at the box office in 20 years. But one that encapsulates the poor options for theater owners right now is that Cars 3, which is pretty much a dud by Pixar's standards and is entering its fourth month in release, will be playing in the most new theaters this weekend as it expands back from 214 to 2,445 locations. <laughs> when a film that earned 787 per theater last weekend, $787 <laughs> last weekend gets what? that kind of expansion, you know things are really bad. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> That's a huge wow. jump. 214 to 2,445 screens. Wow. Why is that happening? I don't know. It's like it's it's a it's a big holiday weekend. I don't know why why somebody didn't say, "Hey, nobody's opening that weekend. Let's jump in." That is insane. Yeah. And I think uh just from the the uh one uh night, I think Close Encounters already had a pretty good start too, which is uh, you know, I guess that's uh, good for it, but it's just so strange for everything else. A 40-year-old movie is going to have the biggest weekend in the box office over Labor Day 2017. I don't think it'll have the biggest weekend. I think Hitman's Bodyguard's still going to beat it, but still. You know, I've been told I look like uh, Ryan Reynolds. Apropos of nothing. I've been told I look like Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) Uh, shall we talk trailers? <laughs> Let's. Uh, my trailer this week, Andy, is Marshall. This is a biopic mm. uh, about the young Thurgood Marshall, the first African-American Supreme Court justice, as he battles through one of his career-defining cases. comes from director Reginald Hudlin, writers Jacob Koskoff and Michael Koskoff, uh, and stars Dan Stevens, Sophia Bush, Kate Hudson, Chadwick Boseman as Marshall himself, James Cromwell, the funny Josh Gad, and Sterling K. Brown, among others. Uh, I I chose this trailer. A, I think the trailer looks looks terrific. I think it does a good job of telling the story and and building intensity for uh, the story of Marshall and showing Thurgood Marshall uh, in in a non Supreme Court justice light. And I really appreciate that. I think it's. Um, you know, I, I love it when these biopics actually show us uh, an example of the person uh, as apart from what we know them as the icon, right? Uh, but also Chadwick Boseman. So he's got James Brown. He's done Jackie Robinson. And now Thurgood Marshall. He is collecting. He is a collector of the best uh, uh, the best biopic roles right now. What is what is going on with this guy? He is just nailing his uh, his jobs. Well, and I hear T'Challa in Black Panther is also a biopic. I I can't believe, I can't believe I left that joke open for you, frankly. (laughs) I can't either. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> and good morning to you, sir. And, hello, hello, hello. Uh, all right. So, uh, what did you think of my? What did you think of my trailer? Oh, it looks fantastic. This just. Uh, uh, looks like a really strong biopic. It looks like it's an interesting story with fascinating characters that I'm I'm all about. It's the sort of thing that I really want to check out. And Chadwick Boseman, you're right. He's one of those actors who is just um, just kind of mesmerizing to watch. I, I really enjoy what he brings to the screen, and um, I can't wait to see it. And and then having him paired with Josh Gad, who normally is such a, a comedic actor, but Sometimes comedic actors can be some of the best dramatic actors and seeing him pop into this one um, really makes me excited. So I'm very excited to see this one. And um, I, you know, I hadn't heard much about it. So having a chance to see the trailer finally got me pretty excited. Let me tell you what makes me nervous. Can I tell you what makes me nervous? Tell me. I was I was a fan of House Party. I thought House Party was very funny in 1990. Uh, Boomerang I was not as crazy about. Uh, now this is, uh, you see where I'm going here. Uh, I was also not as crazy about speaking of your likeness, Samuel Jackson, the great white hype. I wasn't as crazy about that. Uh, I, I wasn't as crazy about the ladies man, right? Do you you remember Mm -hmm. the, the ladies man? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, so we, we've got a, a string of movies leading up to, uh, serving Sarah. This of course is the Matthew Perry, uh, Elizabeth Hurley, Bruce Campbell vehicle from 2002. All of these films were directed by Reginald Hudland, and then nothing, a lot of television, one after another after another. He started producing a lot, and now we have Marshall, right? A, a full 15 years after the last feature that he directed, and and it is a wildly different tone, and maybe it's the fact that we needed that, uh, that tonal change. We needed 15 years to allow him to... To, to change kind of his vision. This this movie looks nothing like anything he's ever done. Uh, so I am I'm curious and I'm nervous. Uh, I, I the the caliber of the cast and, and as hot as they are right now, I cannot imagine them taking a film with the, that is uh, you know helmed by a, a director of questionable uh, <laughs> questionable uh, cultural taste and repute. But I'm I'm I am nervous about it. Yeah, I can see that. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I, I hope he can carry it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll have to you know, give it a shot and see how it goes, maybe. We will. We're going to roll the dice together, Andy, you and me. If we have a little faith, we can see it through. Uh, it comes out October 13th. So as soon as we're finished seeing Blade Runner, we can go see this one Ooh. The, next week, the next weekend. I like that. All right. What's your trailer? Well, Pete, I I went for a little laugh this week for my trailer, and I picked uh, Killing Gunther, which uh, just really had me in stitches watching the trailer. Um, It's just a really goofy hitman kind of assassination movie. So it's an action comedy that Taron Killam wrote and directed. He is of Saturday Night Live fame and has certainly been around the comedy circles in in film and TV, and uh, it's just one of those guys who pops up in pretty funny roles. He's going to be acting in this also, but the real reason that I picked this, Pete, is because Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Gunther, and it's this group of hitmen trying to kill Gunther, and it just, I don't know what uh, Schwarzenegger is channeling, but just even just the way his hair was styled just... (laughs) 
<laughs> made me laugh. Uh, sometimes Schwarzenegger can do really funny things in comedy. And, uh, you know, he's taken this interesting kind of turn since he was the governor of California. And, and <laughs> just his, his new it's movies so that he's been doing. <laughs> I just, I just love it. It's just, it's really funny. And watching him just doing all of this and just remembering him as this former politician now, like I, it would have been interesting to see Reagan jump back into film after he was president. <laughs> but, you know, I, he was a little more presidential than that. Uh, I have a feeling Trump will probably pull a Schwarzenegger and he'll jump back into reality, reality TV when he's done. <laughs> but, but for now we have Schwarzenegger and I'm glad we do because this looks really funny. What did you think? Oh, I, I thought it was hysterical. I I really did, and the cast is fantastic. Uh, Allison Tolman, uh, it, it looks great. Bobby Moynihan, are you kidding? Boom, boom, trying to get that going. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was great. Riot. Uh, so there is a lot of really funny stuff going on in this movie, and by the end, when Schwarzenegger is is, uh, I, I think he's beating up, uh, kill kill him. Uh, go ahead, kill me, <laughs> kill me. I can't get enough. Uh, this is, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing, uh, and I, I enjoyed Maggie. I think I'm on the record of saying I enjoyed Maggie. That and this, there is very little in between for Schwarzenegger. I'm not crazy about uh, about some of the, you know, more serious action, explodey stuff. You know, the geriatric action, but this kind of lampoon uh, action, I think, is very, very funny. So, I'm. It I'm, is very I'm all funny. For it. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun to see, um, and you know, it's. This is kind of unrelated, but he's in a there's a he's in pre-production on a movie called Triplets, which makes me wonder if it's a sequel to Twins. Oh, and no. uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I'm Actually, it is. That. Ivan Reitman's directing it, and uh, Josh Gad, uh, speaking of a trailer, is one of the writers on it, and it also has uh, Eddie Murphy in it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God. And I, the Legend of Conan. I'm open minded. He's gonna be Conan. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta be, man. <sighs> oh, Legend of Conan. That made my day just now. That's fantastic. Uh, I, I'm that I will that. see. Uh, I will absolutely see that. It's it's really interesting. It yeah. Anyway, no, this one's gonna be uh, coming out. It looks like October twentieth is all I have. Um, I'm not sure how big a release that is, but. Uh, Certainly something that I want to check out. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Andy. Uh, the other thing I mentioned Blade Runner, but I didn't. I forgot to talk about it in the beginning. Have you, are you are you up to what uh, Denny uh, Villeneuve is doing with Blade Runner? Speaking of, of trailers that aren't trailers, uh, tell me, tell me what is that? What is that Denny up to? Denny is up to this. Uh, he, he's doing this thing where he is um, uh, he's having he's asking his dear friends, his dear director friends to make shorts, these five minute shorts uh, that um, that tell the story of what happened in the, the 30 plus years between uh, the disappearance of Deckard and um, Blade Runner 2049. And a lot happened. And, you know, it, back in Comic-Con, they released a timeline of events, like major business and political events that happened between uh, uh, between these two films, and it's fascinating. I mean, the creating the landscape is fascinating, um, uh, and so these films, these short films, uh, are going to tell the story of uh, the the replicant. Well, I don't know what the last two films are, three total, and the first one was just released, uh, starring Patrick Wong, Wong and Jared Leto, and it is. Um, it's the story of the rebirth of 
the replicants after they were um, after they were uh, prohibited. So mm. it's the end of prohibition, uh, and it's fascinating. Um, and it it looks good. It's tonally uh, looks just like the film. I, I have to tell you, it's doing what it needs to do. It's getting me more excited for Blade Runner. It is unlocking the door to my inner child under the stairs. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, I haven't been able to get excited about Blade Runner 2049 yet because I'm still just bothered that they're making a sequel to it. Yeah. I'm hoping that when I see it, I will finally see the light. Um, and I am excited about watching these. I always enjoy these little kind of bits and pieces that uh, filmmakers put out there for yeah. you to kind of really just kind of, you know, flesh out that world and build build to the story. It's not necessary, but it's always fun to kind of include that. I really enjoyed the Guy Pierce TED Talk from Prometheus. Yeah, and so so this one I, I I haven't watched it yet, but I'm definitely curious and and seeing that they're going to do these. You said there's three of them. Is that what three of doing? them? Yes, that's that's the idea. That are going to kind of fill in the 30 year time period between the first film and the second one. Yep, I think that's pretty cool. So I, I think so too. And you know, it, it's not like Covenant did it poorly. I think there was a, a one of these that that happened in Covenant that I think should have been part of the film. Uh, and and so I'm not I, I'm not crazy about how it's done uh, in in some of these cases. The uh, the Matrix is the the one that I remember that did it really really well. Where there were there's a series of beautiful animated films that yeah, the came Animatrix. along with yeah the Animatrix that um, I think there were six of them maybe I think more more I think it was like nine nine of them and and they were all wonderful and and I I mean I just God I remember the racing one uh, the the running the sprinting one was just horrifying and fantastic so i i really i love it when they do this this seems like totally appropriate in the in blade runner so that we actually get to see what happened in these 30 years and i think it makes makes the fills out the universe and so i'm i'm pretty excited about it so anyway there you go trailer not trailer not trailer uh what's uh, what's the list today well, today, uh, considering we just talked about Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, in which Cybok um, raises kind of a, a bunch of uh, cultist believers who want to follow him on his pursuit to find God, we thought, hey, let's talk about films that have interesting cults in them. So our favorite I... cult, our favorite films about cults, not our favorite cult films. Because then I know we'd be talking about Hudson Hawk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, Andy. One of these days. It's coming. Uh, I, I've got to tell you, man, I really struggled with this. Did you really? I did. And you know why? There are a lot of films about cultists. Oh, well, yes. To that end, yes. I struggled, too. <laughs> well, that's one. And two, I just have not seen very many of them. I seriously, oh. I, I just, I really struggled to find those that I've seen. I don't know. I feel like I missed, I, I've missed an entire genre of films. And those I are foresee the, a series. I probably <laughs> so those that I picked here are may not be the best representations of the genre, but they're the best of the ones that I've seen. So there you I go. I see. Okay. In, and in actually, in one case, the worst. <laughs> well, I've got a questionable one on my list too, even though okay. I like it. So we'll see. <laughs> All right. W- All right. Are, are you want me to go first? Uh, I, or would you yeah. like to go? First? Go you, kick it off. Oh, or do you want okay. Me, okay. Well, I'm going to go with. I'm going to start with the worst. <laughs> okay. Fidelio, Andy. Fidelio. I hated Eyes Wide Shut. I hated it so much. I wanted to love it. Kubrick directs Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. 
It's a crazy sex cult flick. I was so... How could you be bored with a sex cult movie, Andy? And yet I was. I was. It was tremendously difficult to watch. Uh, and... I, I just couldn't I couldn't get through it. And so I put it as the the bottom of my list of cult films that I've seen because somebody needs to stand up for this film being terrible. I love that film. <laughs> How did I not see that coming? <laughs> well, it's interesting because when I first saw it, I wasn't overly excited by it either. Um, but since kind of revisiting Kubrick's films, I don't know. I just ended up finding so much more to that film. So I... Uh, I, I think that you should revisit it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that too. I knew you are so predictable. <laughs> How did it Little be me? that I don't like a movie and so it's my fault? Watch it again. You're doing it wrong. Watch it again. <laughs> Isn't that how it works? Except when it's me. <laughs> All right. What's, your, uh, what's the bottom of the barrel for Andy this morning? So the bottom of the barrel, this one is a movie that I love, even though I can't qualify it as a good film. Um, but because of my love for Tom Hanks, Pete, and you know that that's a strong one. Oh my God. Um, I have to include, I have to include Dragnet. It, Dragnet. I'm, yeah. The, I don't know if, how well you remember the, uh, <laughs> the possibly uh, wrong way to write the Dragnet film is to turn it into a slapstick comedy with Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> but that's what they did. And uh, I still love it. From 1987, uh, directed by Tom Mankiewicz. This was more of a parody of the kind of the original story. But it's about uh, Joe Friday and Pep Strebeck as they are trying to uh, figure out what's going on with this mysterious cult called Pagan, the people against goodness and normalcy headed up by none other than the fantastic Christopher Plummer. And uh, it's just, Well, that's your connection right that's, there. I know, connection to Star Trek VI, well absolutely. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, Christopher Plummer plays this uh, reverend, Jonathan Worley, who's uh, kind of in business with a, a porn publisher, Jerry Caesar, played by Dabney Coleman. And uh, they, you know... Plummer secretly also heads this uh, this cult, and they're planning on doing this this virgin sacrifice of the virgin Connie Swale, who uh, who Joe Friday falls in love with, and so they have to go and rescue her and and stop the pagan uh, sacrifice and the ritual and everything. And it's so silly, it's really nonsense, but uh, it still has a place in my heart. So there you go, my number I three. I can't believe. Well, maybe you've already said it. you you said Tom Hanks and cult, and you picked that. I, I wasn't going to go great. with one of the other ones. Are you thinking of the uh, Dan Brown ones? No, although that's another great one. <laughs> I'm thinking of your favorite, The Burbs, Joe Dante. I don't know if that's. I don't know if I can call that a cult because it's just a. It's just a family. Well, they're convinced that they're part of a satanic cult. Yeah, uh, but they're not. So I, I don't know. I, I I don't think I could fairly call that one a cult. All right. Well, you know, you're all about the fair. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number two. Uh, okay, here we go. This one I do stand behind. Uh, and, and it's a little bit predictable because I think it's... Uh, I think a lot of people actually like this movie. Uh, this is Martha Mercy May Marlene, directed by Sean Durkin, starring Elizabeth Olsen, and the creeptastic John Hawks, one of our favorites oh, around yes. these parts. This movie, um, 
this movie gets in my head. Uh, it does a su- such a great job. I think Elizabeth Olsen does such a tremendous job of being broken uh, in this movie that it makes it an absolute standout. Like the journey that she that we get to see her going through um, is fantastic. You're never quite sure what's memory, what's real, what is time hopping. Uh, I, I think the movie just does a tremendous job of of uh, dealing with the sort of multiple personality breakdown that comes from um, you know being in and out of a cult that it's absolutely worth seeing that was a really interesting one and i completely agree with you about elizabeth olsen um sometimes i marvel that she's the sister to the olsen twins she's just so good um, <laughs> <laughs> and and on uh on sarmento's uh, recommendation i did see wind river this past week and and just was again blown away by her incredible yeah. performance she's just an amazing actress i wasn't in love with the film I really didn't like how it ended, um, but I yeah, was, I can understand I, that. I really, really loved her and John Hawks in that film. They both were real standouts. Yeah, truly. So yeah. that was a, that's a favorite for me on this list. Excellent. Well, I I agree. I think that's a fantastic choice. Number two um, for you, sir. Number two for me. Um, it's it's not again. It's not one of my favorite films, but I found it a really compelling horror film about cults. And something that I think was just really creepy to watch. I had a really uh, good time just watching this because it's just a, it's a horror film that gives you a real sense of dread about this kind of this cult story that we're following. And that is Clive Barker's uh, 1995 film, Lord of Illusions. Um, that film, like you, you've got this uh, uh, fantastic Daniel von Bargen as this as Nix, this kind of cult leader where they're going to sacrifice this girl that they've kidnapped and uh, and he, he can use magic and it's just really creepy and this detective um, has to try to bring him down uh, Scott Bakula plays the detective and it's it's not one of the greatest films but there's something about Clive Barker in his storytelling and the way that he kind of creates these these horror worlds that it really just it kind of puts me off and uh, in a way that just makes me uncomfortable in the way that I think an effective horror film uh, can sometimes do. And I think he does it really well. So that's my number two. That is that is a great pick, first of all. And I think Clive Barker is one of those the, uh, storytellers that uh, I would like to see us do more Clive Barker. I'd be curious to go through some of Clive Barker's yeah, it'd be uh, films together. I'd be really interested in that. This one, I, I remember there was, there was some horror elements in this one that were really subtle and small like not these grand sort of magical effects but very small and truly horrific thing images that i just couldn't get out of my head for a really long time right lips yeah. and like oh, i just the lips, really yeah. god uh really gross and and um you know i'm i'm not crazy about the horror stuff but boy his his stuff stays with me interesting yeah good pick good yeah. pick well thank you uh, my number one, Andy, is I, I uh, still it may be a touch predictable, but uh, Jordan's Peel, Jordan Peele's, uh, dare I say, <laughs> race baiting is that what we could call it? <laughs> uh, still sits in as my favorite film of the year. I think Bradley Whitford and Catherine Keener in Get Out. They are I, I, we'll call them cult shepherds. Uh, the the sequence of Bradley Whitford leading the silent auction uh, in Get Out is just horrible and terrific. And uh, that film, ugh, Daniel Kaluuya and Allison Williams are 
super satisfyingly trippy relationshipers. And uh, I, I get frustrated by some of the horror tropes at work in the film, but I really uh, adore it. And I adore what the film is saying. I think it's just a, a really great film. And I'm so glad that a film from 2017 could end up on my favorite cult films list. That is a fantastic choice that uh, didn't even pop into my head. I was going through so many <laughs> cult films that I'm like, oh, I can't believe I missed that one. <laughs> so obvious. Oh, so disappointed in myself. But no, as good as that one is, um, I had a few that I've been wrestling with as far as which one I'm going to pick for my number one. Um, uh, but I'm going to go with this one because uh, just like Lord of Illusions, this film had scenes in it that that made me so uncomfortable um, that the film as a horror film was just so just satisfyingly uh, effective and um, it still gives me nightmares to this day. <laughs> the film is Wes Craven's 1988 film, The Serpent and the Rainbow. Oh my God. And it's about uh, this, this uh, um, uh, guy who goes down to investigate this story of somebody in Haiti who was poisoned, buried alive, and then revived as kind of this zombie. And, buried and, alive. <laughs> and Bill Pullman plays this, uh, I can't remember if he's a scientist. Uh, I think he's kind of a scientist sort of guy. And he goes down there and gets trapped into this kind of cultish world of this this voodoo and this, you know, this, this hallucinogen, hallucinogen, hallucinogenic uh, potions and and just horrifying visions. Uh, the film was just full of, of just visual uh, uh, awfulness that just really kind of <laughs> just turned my stomach watching. Most notably, the giant spike. Uh, and I think that's probably all I need to say because anyone who knows uh, the film knows exactly what scene I'm talking about. Uh, it just really um, made me uncomfortable. So that's my number one. Uh, cult film. That is that is a great pick. And like you not remembering Get Out, I can't believe Serpent and the Rainbow didn't cross my mind. That absolutely would have been on my list too. Yeah. Great choice. I'm glad it didn't. I can't believe we didn't have any overlap. <laughs> I know, I know. That's I actually, I had, I was close to doing Eyes Wide Shut, but I had to cross it off. So, Fidelio, Andy. <laughs> Fidelio. Um, what are we doing uh, this week? On the well, main show. What are we doing, and how is this going to connect to next week's list? Do you have an idea? That's a good question. So Star Trek VI, the uh, the undiscovered country. Um, I don't know. What do you want to do? We could do Shakespeare. We could do... Um... Uh, films about Nixon. Films <laughs> about Nixon, <laughs> or Lincoln, or Gorbachev, <laughs> or Chernobyl. Right. <laughs> oh. uh, maybe it's... Uh, oh, we should our... do like assassination films. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Okay, top assassination films. Yeah. Okay. And this is this is uh, uh, plot capers, right? Like, yeah, like there's a, there's an assassination attempt, and people are trying to yeah uh, foil it before thwart it happens. It. Yes. Yes. There's thwarting and foiling going on. <laughs> oh, I like this a lot. This is going to be really fun. All right. Uh, so uh, that's that's all we've got on the list for today. Yep. That's it. All right. Hey, thank you, everybody, uh, uh, Patreon supporters, for subscribing and supporting everything that we do at The Next Reel. Uh, we sure appreciate um, We appreciate you throwing a few ducats our way. And, uh, uh, you know, we think about every Saturday morning, we're thinking about all of you. So uh, thanks Absolutely. for doing that. And thanks for loving film as much as we do. That's it, Andy. I'm getting out of here. 
All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching, all sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.